welcome in our Nuggets insider, Matt Moore, joining us courtesy of Michelob Ultra, an official beer sponsor of the Denver Nuggets. Matt, last time we spoke, I asked you about the threats in the Western Conference. The Denver Nuggets are 46 and 19 right now. Seven games up on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies seems to be, seem to be fading. Some other teams are ascending, notably the Golden State Warriors, but you kind of poo-pooed a threat by the Warriors. You said they're not the same team. Have you amended that theory since we last spoke? You know, I've been thinking about it since that call, since your incredulousness is my, is my assumption. And, like, I've been thinking about it. I'll say this. Look, I don't feel – I understand the idea of, like, you're really going to feel good about the Warriors. Like, if you get Steph and Dre and Clay in a series, you're really going to feel good about it. It's going to be tough. I think more of it for me is, like, if we're talking about teams in terms of the matchup, if we're talking about teams in terms of – level of concern more than you would like maybe consider on the surface. I've mentioned Dallas first. I mentioned Warriors behind that. Like the Warriors are obviously scarier, but to me I'm just like, look, you're gonna have to go through one of one of Golden State and Phoenix. Like that you're just gonna have to at some point if you're gonna make the finals. It's very unlikely you're gonna avoid both those teams. So if you're gonna have to go through them, to me, Golden State isn't as scary right now as Phoenix. And again this gets into Golden State has all of these things where they are literally, literally one of the worst road teams of the last 20 years. And Denver is so good at home. And that really concerns me for Golden State about trying to get this together. When maybe they they hit the playoffs, they hit an absolute different switch. The history of the NBA says that's not true. That if you don't have certain things about you, you don't tend to win the playoffs. But the championship pedigree does have me there. I think you got to be worried about, about Golden State. I still don't know how to figure out who Golden State is this year, if they're going to be healthy, what they're going to look like. But they are the reigning, the reigning champs with Steph Curry. They, you have to be concerned about them. Matt, uh, this controversy continues to, to go on about uh, race and MVP voting and black players and all that. J.J. Reddick condemned Stephen A. and Kendrick Perkins yesterday on Stephen A.'s show on First Take. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on this whole uh, brouhaha that's going around about uh, the Joker and white voters and, I mean, uh, white voters and black players and, and all that. I think I get bothered by the fact that systemic racism has such prevalent problems with our country. And so to then like use it in this context feels like it's a weird weaponization of like a very serious issue that's prevalent in our country. Um, I think when you look at the player uh, that it's not like only white players have been voted MVP. Um, this has been always been a primarily black league. Um, this league has celebrated black players. The media has celebrated black players. And to me, I think that there's more obviously a very clear resistance from the black players, especially among superstars, which is where Perkins is getting a lot of the talking points towards guys like Joker. Um, I think some of it's across racial lines. I think some of it's across international lines. When Joker first won his MVP in 2021, LeBron said something along the lines of, you know, Steph should be MVP, but we all know why that's not going to happen. But that's a conversation for another time, like pretty obviously alluding to the same idea. So I think there's a, a big resistance. And I don't necessarily, I can't blame black players for being protective of what is their league. I think that that's understandable. 
I just think if we look at this from an objective point of view, Joker has put in the best performance of anybody this season. And that's got to be, I think, the most important thing when we evaluate MVP. I don't know how you get around what he's accomplished, how he's played. He's slowly winning over players. I've said this over a long enough timeline. Nicole Jokic wins over everybody. But it's still going to take a while, especially with you know, the pension for some people to say things which draw ratings, which is what keeps them employed. Matt, um, obviously last week we had you on and, and when Kendrick Perkins started talking about, you know, padding the stats or that was like the national perspective with a couple media members. Um, what, what, what did you think about the other night when we saw Giannis securing that, that triple W, triple, um, that triple double and, and obviously padding his stats? I kind of wonder if, if Giannis was doing it like kind of tongue in cheek, just about how ridiculous it is. Um, one of the things that's similar about Giannis and Jokic is that they're not really driven towards numbers. Like those guys are looking for to win. Like those guys care a lot about winning above everything else. And so I kind of wonder if Joker was doing it a little bit joking, or if uh, Giannis was doing it a little bit jokingly. Um, it points to how ridiculous these conversations are. Um, you know, I think there have been times I'll say when Joker's gone back into the game very clearly to secure a triple-double with his last assist or rebound. Like, there's been times when that's happened, but he doesn't gun for it very, like, obviously. It's all within the flow of the game, and it comes to him pretty naturally. I just think that these conversations about, you know, are you juicing numbers are, are pretty ridiculous based off of um, if they weren't winning, if they didn't outscore their opponent, if they weren't, you know, a great team when he was on the floor, then you could have the conversation. But they are. And they're undefeated when he has a triple-double. So I don't know what we're talking about. This stuff is really ridiculous uh, upon any inspection of it at all. Matt, um, I want to go back to the the Nuggets versus the Warriors because I think the Nuggets might be on a collision course with the Warriors. Last year, the Warriors put them out of the playoffs in pretty easy fashion. Nikola Jokic won the MVP last year, but he... He didn't have the support of Michael Porter Jr. He didn't have Jamal Murray. He didn't have this supporting cast. However, the series last year showed that the Nuggets weren't able to keep pace with the Warriors. And they had Jordan Poole, who they caught, were caught by surprise by. But what lessons did they learn about that team playing against them and trying to play their style and, and noticing the way that the Warriors were able to neutralize Nikola Jokic in that playoff series? How are they going to avoid that fate if they go up against the champs again? So if you go back, they got absolutely destroyed in the first two games. They got absolutely just hit with haymakers in Golden State. And they weren't, you know, that, that put them behind the eight ball. But the next three games were really competitive, and Joker was better almost, in, I think in every single game he got a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse in game five. Um, Draymond has talked about this on his podcast about how, yeah, no, like we pulled out a lot of stuff versus Joker to try and get that lead. And he said, by the time that they that we adjusted, or that they adjusted, you know, we had a big enough series lead, and they just didn't have enough offense. So I'm not necessarily sure that they were able to neutralize Joker. And I think it's going to be a lot harder with this cast to do than it was then. Their defense is the biggest thing that's improved, right? So they've got better ability to get over screens. They're more switchable. They have a lot more combos. You're still going to see a lot of the same things where Steph Curry is hunting Joker on the perimeter, and those are going to be things where you're going to have to show help and get the ball out of Steph Curry's hands. They are better equipped to do that this season than they were then. There's a lot of reasons they match up better. The Warriors are always going to be a challenge when they're starting units on the floor. A lot of this may have to get into the Nuggets may have to find a way if they face them in a series 
which again, it may be Suns, Warriors, and 4-5. Um, but if they face each other in a series, the Nuggets may have to find a way to win the margins. Like, they may have to stagger guys to win times when they are not facing the Warriors' best lineups because a lot of the other lineups, like the ones with Jordan Poole this season, have actually been pretty bad. The minutes with Jordan Poole next to Clay Thompson and Steph Curry have been a net negative. Um, just statistically, and when you watch them, they haven't played well. So I think there's opportunities there, but it's going to be a, a tough one to figure out, and they're just going to have to be able to really bring their A game, especially from, I think, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Matt, is, um, is uh, Jamal Murray back? Uh, no restraints? Uh, are we feeling great about Jamal Murray? With postseasons right around the corner. Do, do Any restrictions, or, or are we good to go? Nope, he's good to go. He is fully back. Um, has played on back-to-backs, which was a big step for him. Did that uh, within the last couple of weeks. Uh, he has some back tightness that was bothering him earlier uh, in the last couple of weeks, but that's all gone. He looked great last night, totally comfortable. His body's recovering a lot better. And being this far removed now, where it has been two years since the injury, has, I think, provided him with a cushion and support for him to get there. Uh, he looks completely ready to go. Matt, uh, I talked about this yesterday. This this Nuggets team is now talking in post-game press conferences. They're celebrating other people's success or celebrating their teammates' success. In my mind, that's always been the kind of a hallmark of any great team that I've been on. When guys look at the game not through the lens of their own performance, but their performance in helping their teammates get better, is that as good of a sign as I feel it is to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I look, in the NBA, a lot of this gets into, and you know this, a lot of this is like, is the money taken care of, right? Because guys are usually chasing agendas if they haven't been able to, to get the contract to take care of their families. Everybody's taken care of. Like every, Everybody's in a good spot financially. The only guy that's really going to be facing free agency is Bruce Brown. Uh, and he knows that, that his value is as a guy that brings a lot from a team mentality uh, the chemistry on this team, I think, is the best that I've ever seen for a Denver team in 11 years of covering the squad. They are close. They trust each other. They like each other. They like playing together. Um, they're happy to spend time with each other. They have a real closeness and bond that goes from the vets like Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan to the stars like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and even the young guys like Christian Brown. So you have, like, a really great chemistry and you're right. They do celebrate one another. They're excited for every member of the team to have success and they're not driven by personal agendas. Everybody's in line with the goal, which is winning a championship. All right. Exciting times for the Nuggets, Matt. Thanks for joining us, bud. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yep. We'll see you again next week. That's our Nuggets insider, Matt Moore, courtesy of Michelob Ultra, an official beer sponsor of the Denver Nuggets.